How's it going? Hi. It's going good. Yeah. Yeah. Anything? Anything? <laughs> so enthusiastic, Jimmy. Oh, um, is is that I'm the sound of paying groggy. bills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I got hit from a few angles this week, but I'll I'll be fine. This is why we save money. Or we, yeah. This is why we try and save money. Yeah, save money. What? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it is that time of year. It feels like when. I mean, I guess all year is that time of year. But when a lot of stuff comes due or, you know, taxes are right around the corner, AdSense is lower than normal, at least for me. So it feels like that time of year when everything becomes way more expensive. But mm-hmm. yep. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's actually true or just the, the way we look at it. Well, other than paying bills, Jimmy, what have you been up to? I've been busy. I've been busy working... I'm doing a lot of stuff for Bullet this year, and I talked to my guy, my connection at the Bullet Bourbon Marketing Company. It's a subcontractor. So when I say I work for Bullet, it's just to clear this up. A lot of people think I'm like talking directly to Tom Bullet. The, and I've met Tom several times. In fact, I think Tom is bought completely out of the company, Tom Bullet. So I, don't, mm. I think it's just the brand now. But when I uh, talk to and work with people at Bullet, I'm working with a subcontractor named Proof Media. And Proof Media and I have been friends for 10, 12 years now. And those are the guys that give me all the work. But it's a very fluid thing. They get so much work from them. It's almost like they're part of the Diageo Corporation. So when I was talking to my connections at Bullet last night, and they said there's a lot of work coming up. But I've been also making 50 whiskey boxes. They're coming out with a new brand or a new, a new line, a new line item. And they're going to give them to 50 influencers and bloggers. And they're going to give them all in a custom-made box that I made out of old recycled wood. So that's what I've been working on. It's taking quite a bit of time. I have a little production line going on. and So I'm just doing that. That's what's been taking up most of my week. And starting today, I'm going to do this weekend's video uh, for public consumption. It's going to, I'm going to be making a brass hammer that I'm going to use in my leather work. So that's what I'm going to be working on. I'm going to start that today. That, that's a quick video. I'm going to be making a hammer from stock. Hmm. So that should be fun. It's like a tiny, like a little mallet style hammer? Uh, it's a little the... big. It's like about a one pound, one pound hammer that I used to hammer on my joints, my leather joints where I interlock them and then I lay them on the anvil, on a smooth anvil and I bang them. So the leather sort of conforms to the interlocking situation because you get into lock them and then they stick up in the air like that but then i hammer them and they go flat uh, yeah gotcha. so i'm gonna work on that and just life in general just a little bit of everything maintenance everything everything all at once all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a good movie i haven't seen no. that yet i keep i up. actually don't like it at all it's way too. It's uh, it's there's too much going on. There's too much stimulation. There's just too many cuts per second. It's just it's too much. Wow. I have, I understand that most people don't have the same opinion, hmm. but I just did not care for it. Interesting. Well, that's the first negative or mm-hmm. not like completely praise laden thing I've heard anybody say about it. So, I uh, to be fair my favorite movies are like little miss sunshine juno slower paced mm, i see Guess yeah so. yeah and dave uh bob are you going to uh, workbench con i'm not planning on it 
Okay, because I'm going to go. I'm going to drive down there, and then I have my I have an event with Bullet in uh, Louisville, so I'm going to be driving from Atlanta, New York, Atlanta, Atlanta, Louisville. So I'm going to a lot well, of drive. You're coming through my neck of the woods. We should at least get lunch or something. We'll see how it goes. I might be driving through the night. Just one <laughs> we'll event see. ends. No, we'll one see. event ends and the I other event know. starts like a day later. I have like one. If day I can to remember drive. your name as I pass by, I might <laughs> yeah. call you. Uh, Bob Dave. Bob Dave, are you available? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you yeah. notice when he when he texts uh, one of us for a question, he doesn't text us individually. He just sends it to the the making it group text. <laughs> He's just like, he, he can't remember their confusing. names. Yeah. Bob Dave. What are, what are their Bob names? Dave. I know the show's called Making It, I think. So <laughs> I'll, I'll search for that in my text. Can I ask one question before we move on? Why is, of all the things that Apple can do, why can't they make a search engine for the text chains? Oh, my I gosh. Text search is awful. Hmm. That's my, my chickens outside my window. Yeah. I don't think you can hear it. But it, yeah, you, you go, like you'll them. have a conversation with somebody and then you have like three more and then you can't remember who you talked to, but you remember what you talked about or you remember you were looking for a link. Because I talk to strangers all the time. And uh <laughs> there's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. Like I could talk to my mom. I can type type in mom because I'm looking for like I haven't talked to my mom in a while and I'm looking for there's no reason why I would ever type look for my mom's thing, but it won't find it. It'll find like a group chat that has 15 people on it. It won't find the individual thread. It's just unbelievable to me. Like something in the recent history of my texting, it won't find. It'll find something that's similar to it. What? Okay. So like I just, I'm on my computer, granted, not on my phone, but it's still Mm -hmm. iMessage. And so I typed in the search bar mom and my mom and our friends, or my kid's friend's mom, who we have the word mom in the name of the contact they both showed up and it says like conversations with both those people so i can click on them and go directly to that conversation yeah, try it on the phone i think it has something to do with the iphone hmm. i okay. have had the same experience i can't find a certain conversation or a lot of times uh, kelly and i are texting back and forth quite a bit throughout the day so there's always you know a very long history of text and she's like hey, hey i sent you that link for that thing to buy and i'll go to search for that thing and i can't find it and she's like, mm. and then on her Samsung phone, she finds it right away. So it is not the same. And like 15 things that are vaguely like it show up first. <laughs> right. Like if it can find the thing that's like it, why can't it find the thing that's it? This is that's our anti pick. Yeah. Mr. Tim Apple, Tim. please answer the question. <laughs> Tim Apple. Anyway, David, what have you been doing? Yeah. Same thing last week. I'm still working on the on the record player stand. I thought I was going to finish it up. I had one more video due for Squarespace at the end of the month. And then I decided instead of rushing this project, I'm going to set it aside. And I did a little shop tour. And then all along that shop tour, I did tips at each tool. And it's funny how... Dude, that video, by the way, was really good. I like how fast-paced it is. And you have like so many tips per minute. It's crazy. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's really well done. Really well done. I, I praise you. It's crazy. The videos that take us six hours to shoot are the videos that do well, but the record player stand, which has taken three weeks, it, <laughs> it, it won't do well. The videos that I really care about, so we have to we have to mix them up and we have to do those tips and and the, the hooky type videos every once in a while. I, I like doing them all. I'm, I'm lucky enough to do them all, 
but the ones that I really care about, the ones that I, I put all my energy in, I guess I'll just consider those for me. So I'm working on the record yeah. player stand, and that is not coming out this week, probably next week. So nothing new. Cool. Yeah, kind of the same for me, really. Uh, I mean, I am working on... <clears throat> I think I told you I'm making a like a 3D pil- 3D printing filament library. Did I tell you all about that? It doesn't sound familiar. vaguely. I think you said it. Okay. Maybe. Well, anyway, I'm, I have a lot of filament these days, and um, I've got a couple of really big printing projects that I'm planning for the next year or two, and so I'm starting to like. Yes, David. Does filament go bad? I know it can like it can absorb moisture, it. right? Yeah, some of it does. Um, if it's not sealed, certain okay. ones will absorb moisture, and they can be dried. So, you know, oh. it's not necessarily like dead, dead forever. So I try um, to keep them in the packages as yeah as long as I can until I need them. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, but then, you know, one, PETG is one of those plastics that people say you need to dry before you use it, and if you leave it out for a really long time, it gets too much moisture, and then it has bubbles when you. I've printed a lot with it, and maybe it's just where I live, or the atmosphere here, or the humidity, or I'm an idiot and I can't tell the difference, but it works fine. And I've never had any problem with it whatsoever. So, those people are probably correct, but here, I live in magic land where it doesn't seem to (laughs) be a problem, so I don't really worry about it. Um, I also, like, go through... Filament, you know, I only have a couple of rolls open at any given time because I don't care about the color. It's not like I, I have every color available and I just pull one off the shelf and print a little thing with it. it like I mostly buy gray or black because mm-hmm. I paint everything anyway. So it could be that, but anyway, I've got a couple of really big projects coming up uh, over this next year, and so I've started amassing filament when I find it on sale and the overture stuff on Amazon goes on sale pretty often. And instead of, you know, $22 a roll, which is still a pretty good price. The other day I found it for, uh, $16 a roll, I think. Mm, that's the brand so I've been using. Ordered. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's cheap mm-hmm. and it's, works fine. Um, and so I bought 12 rolls and I guess giant box. That's a lot of filament. 12 rolls of filament is a lot. Anyway, so through accumulating it, I have this big stack. I don't really have a place to store it to keep track of what I have color-wise and, you know, things like that. So I'm building a stand for a couple of printers that has, a like, a pull-out library underneath it to where I can hold 45 rolls of filament. And, yeah, that hopefully I won't have 45 rolls, but I have currently, like, 35 or something. So I'm making a way to organize it, but also, you know, kind of make a place to put a couple of printers, which will make the whole printing area a little bit better. The thing that's weird about this, though, is it's a straightforward cabinet with some rollout. Um, they're, they're like vertical drawers. I don't know what you call that. They're not drawers. They're like mini cabinets on rollers <laughs> that come out or mini shelves. And... The thing that's weird about it, it's really straightforward. It's going to be right outside the door of my office. And I'm redoing the basement, like I, I think I've told you all. 
And so I'm trying to make the whole place look better. I'm slowly organizing a little section by little section. So this thing is going to be 36 inches wide right outside my door. And I'm like, well, I should make this look better than plywood. I should just do something to it, you know? And so I, I spent a whole day just trying to come up with some sort of a visual treatment I could do to the front of this big flat surface. I could cut strips and I could put strips on there and make some sort of geometric pattern. And I cut a bunch of strips, cut a bunch of squares, cut a bunch of rectangles and just like, I don't know. I mean, it looks dumb. It looks okay. It looks, you know, and so then I remembered, and, and this is all on video. So then I remembered this artist that I really like, um, this guy out of Berlin, and he does this. He'll he'll make a, a stick with like ten brushes on it, and they're all in line. And then he'll dip those in different colors of paint, and then he'll draw he'll paint on the wall and make these really cool geometric curves with multiple colors that kind of bend and stuff. It's really interesting. And so I thought, oh, I'll. I'll give him a little shout out in the video. I'll mention that he's an inspiration for this thing I want to try. I'm going to see how it looks. It'll probably be terrible, but it's like art and I'll give it a shot. And so I tried it to try to recreate a small version just on the front of this cabinet. And it looked terrible. Not even like, oh, it's artsy. Right. Not great. It was terrible. It was just bad. It just didn't work. There's mechanics to that process that I don't understand Too because I've never done it before. He totally gets it, makes it look great. And so, you know, I knew that was a possibility. I did the thing, put a bunch of paint on this surface, backed off, and I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't leave it like that. I don't want to leave it like that. So I'm like, well, I already have paint all over the place. Let's just go full art school and just, I'm going to smear and I'm going to mix and I'm going to get some other colors that I wasn't planning on and I'm going to squirt them and I'm going to like, you know, roll and I'm going to just see what comes out. And... I did that for a while and it was not, I just couldn't ever get it to a place. I was trying to fix something that was unfixable. I, was, I didn't have a, a thing that I was going toward. I was just mm. kind of, you know, let's see what happens if I do this. And so I just didn't get anywhere with it. And <laughs> so then last night I went back and I just painted over the entire thing blue back to the base color that I had at the very beginning. So basically two days of experimentation and trying to figure out something, I just wiped it clean. And I'm cutting it from the video. And I kind of went back and forth on like, should I leave it in there as, you know, hey, you should try something and maybe it won't work and that's fine. Because I talked about that a little bit, knowing that it might not work and stuff. But I think I'm going to just cut it out because there wasn't even a... There wasn't a moment in the process where I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like from the very beginning of experimentation, it was downhill. It didn't look mm. good. It didn't serve a purpose. It didn't. That's why you experiment. <laughs> yeah. But I wish I had experimented. I should have experimented with that on something else next to it. Because then I could have, even on video, to say like, I'm going to try this thing, but I'm going to try it on the scrap wood to see what it looks like to decide if it's something I should pursue or if I should just throw it away um and so it, i don't know it was kind of a weird couple of days of this feeling of hey i'm gonna try something new something i know will probably fail and it totally did fine but it was a bunch of new 
not emotions, but like, you know, it was new stuff. But I came out of a couple of days of new stuff with nothing. <laughs> like back at the exact same point that I started. So it's a little bit frustrating. Um, it might not be totally nothing because you know what you shouldn't be doing. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so it, it got me thinking now that I got back to the blank slate what is something that would kind of follow that same idea, but be more natural for me, something more in my wheelhouse, something more, you know, that I have history doing so I can take a small step into something new rather than trying to take a really big step into something mm-hmm. new, artistic wise. So what about stenciling? Uh, getting the lasers yeah. involved. Yeah. And I, I, that was one of the things that I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a stencil and honestly, I just couldn't come up with a thing that looked cool enough or, or that was, I don't know. I, I hit that block that I've hit very often. And we've talked about this at length where there's an artistry that starts past the, the function of something. And that's where I get hung up a lot. I just, I just can't think of what the visually creative embellishment would be. It's just, I just don't have it. Um, maybe I think the, the time constraints of, you know, I'm trying to hit deadlines and I'm trying to get a video out to the editor and stuff like that. That probably has something to do with it too. I'm wondering if you could give the art part of that some meaning instead of just doing it for design sake or for art's sake, you're doing it because, and I don't know what happens after that because, but maybe you're looking for a feeling when you walk into the room or, Mm when you see it or it's something a family member likes, but try to attach a meaning to it and maybe something will come out of that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. It's attached to something else. Hmm. Well, so that's, that's what I've been doing and I'm still, you know, last night I painted it blue again. And so after we finish recording today, I'm taking that next step into something. And I think what I'm going to do, the current plan, which could change in the next couple hours, but the current plan is to mask with masking tape a geometric pattern on it. Like I would, that would be my natural thing to do is to mask something in a way that I could, I can do it. I can adjust it. It's not permanent. I can get it like I, you know, something that sits well with me visually. And then I can paint over top of it and I could roll it. But what I'm going to try to do there, instead of just rolling over it and have flat color, I'm going to try to break out spray paint and not let it be completely painted and not let it be sharp lines. You know, I'm going to use the mask, but then I'm going to spray and let there be overspray and stuff, which I know to you guys sounds like, yeah, that's the way paint works. That's no big deal. But for me, as someone who Mm. doesn't have a lot of coloring outside the lines. Yeah, I, it's just not something I've ever had a desire to do. And when I see, when I so. think of you, Bob, when I think of your brand and your abstract uh, patterns, I think of the inside of a space station. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I know some of the stuff yeah. you make has sort of a, a futuristic geometric look to it. Like in your office, when we visited your office, you had that display cases in the front, and then that that light screen, it all had like a vague notion of the interior of a futuristic corporate situation, like light years ahead. 
So that's an interesting pattern for you to explore. That's another geometric, it's abstract, but ultimately Mm -hmm. it it tends to look high-tech interiors from the year 4000. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I want to add maybe on top of that, because I do like that aesthetic, but maybe on top of that, something like I've always, I've loved graffiti. I, I would love to be able to do graffiti but I have no idea where to start with that. You know, there's tons of technique. There's an artistry to it that I don't know anything about. But I would love to add some of that type of textural stuff on top of the futurist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll make the futurist thing look worn in, which I always thought was an interesting approach. Yeah. yeah. yeah the future of Star Wars as if it's been lived in for 30, 40 years. Right. I, always, I always liked that idea. And I do have a project coming up soon that will be that where I, I'm going to build a thing that goes in the house that will require weathering and you know to make it look that lived in thing I'm excited about that anyway so more experimenting today uh, again I don't know how it'll come out but I already had my time my couple days of I'll give it a shot and then I can keep putting it off today I have to finish it <laughs> so if it looks bad today, it's just going to look bad, I guess. But it's it's a hard thing. I didn't think about this until just now. Art is a hard thing to plan. Not that it can't be planned. People do plan and make an idea and then they execute it. But as someone who likes to model things... I have an idea. I model it. I see how it's going to work I, before I ever do anything. Um, or, some, you know, like I'll sketch out pretty far. I'll think about solving problems before I even do anything. When it comes to painting something artistically, like you just can't plan that. You can prep surfaces. You can experiment on the side. But as soon as that paint touches the thing, the the randomness of the brush and the imperfections and the chaos of your hand and you can't control that and that's awesome but i'm not used to it you know um, you know it's a crazy i think, these I think days. the lack of planning around it is something that i'd never even considered being a kind of a hang-up for me Go what's ahead. crazy is have you guys noticed on the algorithm on the instagram they share these almost the uh, savant like painters that could paint hyper realistic stuff but what's amazing to me is how they go from one side of the image to the other, almost always. These guys that draw, these guys and girls that draw hyper-realistic pencil lines with the pencil or color. And what's incredible how is they just start at the top of the image and work their way down. And wherever they've been is done. And that's just mm. unimaginable to me. To me, it has to be the whole thing, working the whole thing. I could never paint or illustrate that hyper-realistic. But it's almost like the paint and the canvas is just... It's like a, it's just in their service. This person is just creating an image, and it's just unbelievable how it's just comes out like a printer. Mm-hmm. They work from one side of the image to the other, and then when they're done, they're done. They're not going back and tweaking the eyeshadow or tweaking the highlights. It's just they start and they go down. When I was younger, that's how I used to draw. I, when I say younger, I mean as a kid. Like I would, if you're drawing a face. Mm-hmm the the forehead or the hair that had to be done before i moved on to the next part and then i learned you know there are rules but then there are there are no rules to art um you should get the the overall thing and then work on the details i there's a interview with casey neistat i think it's with jack conte 
um, where when Casey edits a video, he edits, he edits in, um, in, uh, in a straight timeline where once he finishes that first minute, that first minute is done. He doesn't go back to it and just pushes all the way through. I don't do that. I get the rough edit. Then I go through and I refine it. Then I go through and we'll add J cuts or if it needs to be graphics. And it's like 10, 20 different times of me going through that timeline. I can't do that. Finish the one part and then move on to the next one. Because somebody told me along the lines that you have to get the overall picture and then move move in on the details interesting huh you know i've seen people illustrate like that and i never really thought about the difference there's a a video i saw a long time ago and i I would have to look up try to find it again of a young he wasn't a kid but he was a young teenager i think and they flew him over this city in a helicopter and he looked around through all of the windows of a helicopter at this city. Then they brought him back to this room and they had a 360 degree canvas, just a circular canvas. And he started with a pencil and he drew what he saw from the helicopter from memory from one side, all the way around the entire thing. And we're talking not generalizations, like detail from a helicopter, obviously, you know, but the buildings and the spacing and the nature and the, he just went all the way around. That's and crazy. I was amazed in that at the the memory and the way that he saw something and he was able to hold an, at least enough detail, you know, that somebody else would know what he was talking about. I mean, How do you organize a perspective on a drawing like that? That's I have no idea. And that's an interesting thing too. But the, I hadn't thought about it until just when you said that the fact that he started in one place. And worked his way around. He was seeing it like some sort of a a linear, printer. yeah, like a printer, rather than the world. And this point of reference is over here, and this point of reference is over here, like you would on a face or something. But that's pretty wild. Anyway, um, I'm not doing anything like that. I'm gonna do some stripes. So I'm like <laughs> tape off some stripes and like spray those stripes one color. Will you so do them from one colors. side over t- over to the okay. other? Yeah. But anyway, that's that's kind of what I've I've been into the last few days is trying trying and failing at some art and I think it's you know, it's not a big deal. It doesn't bother me that that's not something I'm good at. I know that that's not something I'm good at, but it is a challenge and it's something that I'm trying to figure out a way to not become like a painter, but to become more than what I was yesterday. You know what I mean? I want to like stretch a little bit in one direction and just try to do something that's uh, more chaotic or more mm-hmm. you know, textural or something. So You should consider playing with silk screening like the way Warhol does. Because mm-hmm. it's still structured, but you could still get some abstract fun. I have done a little bit of that. Um, the last time I did a silk screening video, I did multicolor, multi-screen thing. And mm-hmm. we had this image that we did. That I think it had three three screens. I don't remember. And that was a bit of a challenge for me to not try to pursue perfect pulls on each screen, you know, to just go into it knowing that there's going to be like artifacts of different things and they're not going to quite align correctly. And it looked cool. Like I was really happy with how those things came out. Um, I've done a little bit of that, but 
anyway, so I've been working on that and then um, trying to prep the next several projects, you know, do the planning stuff, which is not a lot of fun, but all that. Uh, we were supposed to put a video out last week about the uh, safety deposit boxes that I was telling you about, but we didn't quite have it done in time and I didn't have a video for this week, so we just kind of pushed it. So it'll be out this weekend, but anyway, that's kind of what I've been into. Before we started recording, you guys mentioned something that I hadn't heard about uh, in our community. You want to fill that in, somebody? Yeah, so Matthias's channel, Wood Gears, was hacked. So he put out a video on his other channel saying, hey, I lost control of my channel. Uh, anybody can help, please help. And I think a couple people reached out. Jimmy talked to his people who to reach out to YouTube. And I saw that Renee Ritchie commented on the video saying, uh, we're, we're looking into it. Renee works with YouTube. So, and I think it's since been resolved. But I remember when that video came out and I was reading the comments and also in my Discord, it was a conversation and people were like, oh yeah, you, you know, you have to have a password manager and you have to have a long password and you have to have two factor authentication. And the way he got hacked bypasses all of that. And mm -hmm. so this is a, I, I took a, when I went to Vid Summit last October, I took this class with, his name is, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it's something along the lines of Liron Segev. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but we'll, I'll post a link to his channel. And his channel is all about security and privacy. And he was talking about this common YouTube hack where... It's usually on bigger channels, and I think this happened to Linus Tech Tips, I, I, but I'm not 100% on that. I know he was hacked, but I think it was the same way. But somebody comes along, they look like a potential sponsor, and there's some back-and-forth emails, so they gain your trust. They seem real because they're responding, and then once a deal is struck, then they will send you the creative brief. And... It looks like a PDF. It'll say .pdf, but then it'll say .src. And apparently on Windows, that, does, that .src is a screensaver type file. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm speaking about things that I don't really know about, so I might be using the wrong terminology. But when you click on this file, it's an executable file. And it takes your browser token and transfers it to their computer. So you know how you click on that little that little tick mark that says stay logged in that creates some sort of token uh, maybe i'm not sure if i'm using the right terminology so forgive me mm -hmm. that creates this token that's saved on your computer and when you click on the executable file that is transferred to the hacker's computer so it just looks like they're logged in they bypassed your passwords they bypassed your two-factor authentication and they are in, mm. and they instantly go in and change your username and password so you can't get back in. Yeah, stressful. So this is a YouTuber no. hack. And um, no. so the lesson is you can't download don't anything click. that you don't know what it is. And if you ever accidentally click on one of those files, instead of going in and changing your username or password, the best thing you can do is to log out because that kills that token instantly. And Oof. so, um, it's, uh, the, the, the class that I went to at the summit, 
he <laughs> he was talking about like yeah everybody thinks that, that can't happen to me that happens to that happens to my grandparents or whatever but he gave a bunch of um scenarios where you anybody can be tricked it's like it's like you, they gain your trust it happened to john john highs about yeah. a year ago he, yeah. he had a real panic moment and uh matt stagmeyer from that works he's a blacksmith and matt told a similar story on the axe and iron podcast with chris cash where he said he had a deal brewing with somebody he went back and forth he said it felt legit seemed legit it was a brand that he said was somewhat familiar he didn't say which one i wish he would have so we all know and when it got to the contract stage he said that he started to feel a little suspicious of what was going on and so he only hovered over the link in the email just to see what the contract said if it was a real contract and simply by hovering over it within minutes he said his his account was taken over his youtube channel was taken over so Hmm. You really got to be careful. You can't even hover over. And and since I've heard that, I've always been very weary when anybody sends me anything in a link, even if it's somebody that I somewhat trust. I always say, could you just send me a screen grab of that? I don't click on any links. I said, I just don't, you know, I don't shake hands with strangers and I don't click on any links. I shake hands with everybody. But there's like, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's like certain personal rules that I have. I just don't click on anything, anything ever. And so... But so it could happen by accident. I had um, I had some emails that I I didn't understand the ploy. I knew they were fake, but I didn't understand the ploy. But now I understand it because they were leading to this problem. So I got several emails. This happened a few times where the sponsor it was you know some agency or whatever, and the sponsor that they were representing was Corel from Corel Draw. It's like a, if anybody doesn't know, it was like a pre-Photoshop drawing, photo mm-hmm. editing kind of thing from way back in the day. It's still around. And so I got this email and I thought, oh, it's, that's an interesting, like, known property. So I'll just forward it on to my agent and he can take a look at it and see if it's, you know, something I didn't really think a whole lot about it. But I, the product name or the company name that they were representing is the thing that caught my eye, which is probably what happened in these other situations. And so he sent it back to me and said, basically anything from these three top-level domains are going to be spam. And I didn't even look at the email that it came from. It came from, and and it doesn't have to be this, but in this particular case, it came from a Russian email address. It was like ended in .ru, I think. And I always get ones that end ones. in .ca. For, that I one's Canada. That's, yeah. Think, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. I, I can um, look no, but it's, anyway, it's, there's it's different European. ones. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. This could okay. totally come from a Gmail address, though. Like it's not. Right. It, it's not yeah, just. You could always got to be on, on on guard. But he he gave me a list of these three top level domains, and he said basically anything from these three we treat as spam. Like you're not gonna, they're not real. And the thing I couldn't, and I've gotten more emails that that had the same pattern, like hey, we represent this company and we want to give you a sponsorship with whatever. And I couldn't figure out like what's the angle on that. Why are they trying to offer a sponsorship that they can't fulfill? But now this makes sense that the contract is the, you know, they work up to that and then the contract is the way that they get mm-hmm. into the thing. So, well, I, I get it. It's from, it's, I don't know what these, these suffix for Czechoslovakia or I think it's Czechoslovakia, whatever it is, because it's not CA. Obviously, that's Canada. 
But there's a whole long email, and it might say .com, then .c something, whatever. Yeah, CZ, C- maybe. That's it, CZ. That's yeah. it. You're right. Write it on the nose. So I get emails once a week from .cz, and it's always like, hi, we're Mars Corporation. We represent Mars Bar and Candy and da-da. or Nestle. I get from these huge brands, Abercrombie and Fitch, all these brands that you would be like, oh, wow, they want to work with me. That's exciting. Yeah. And and it says, click on the link to see the package of what we would want from you. And I, I always write back. I used to. I don't write back anymore. I was like, I know this is a scam. Why do you even try? Could you please just stop wasting everyone's time? I always, I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. But anything from .cz, I get, and it's every major brand. And it's like, hi, we really love your content. And what I used to do, and I, now I don't do anything, I would write back and say, what exactly do you like about my content? Like, which videos particularly? And then it goes unanswered. So it is just a giant, probably robot fishing machine that just sends these out to people that have like a popular, or that might pop up and suggested this or suggested that. Yeah. So I but just my, looked in my email to see My if, rule if, is don't click on anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was looking up in my email to see if I could find some of those examples to see if they were .cz or whatever. The one I found, um, it was for Corel Painter 2023. And, you know, it's a pretty legit, like, verbiage, the way that they're asking about it and everything. It even has, like, a copyright Corel Corporation at the bottom and all this stuff. But the URL that it comes from is at freemail.hu. I don't know which which one that is. But um, I like what country that's attached to. But anyway, that was one of the... Uh, that and the .ru were at least two of the few that he listed out to me as, you know, don't trust these or, or just assume that there's something sketchy going on and, like, look into it further or whatever. Yeah. I got one yesterday. I just uh, I dialed in .cz, and it's just some random letters. It's somebody's name, but I can't pronounce it. And then it's at S-E-Z-N-A-M dot C-Z. And it's like, hello, dear friend. We're a team of Hawaii. I don't know. It's some brand. One of the world's leading technology and electronics manufacturers, our company specializes in blah, 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 blah. It says how good they love my channel. Would you like to cooperate? And if I write back, they go, this is what we're looking for. And then they send back a thing with the link. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is our package. This is the type of thing. And then, of course, I don't click on anything. But I don't answer these anymore. But I've been getting them for five, seven years. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. if I'm on the fence and it doesn't have a .cz in it, I forward it to my agent, so his his account gets hacked, not mine. <laughs> yeah, like, is I this mean, legit? Yeah, yeah. There's also, you know, you you could. So I use Chrome as my main browser, uh, just out of preference. But you know, I also have Safari on my computer, and I actually use those differently. I I use Safari sometimes as um, almost like a like I'll have our uh, making it Patreon logged in 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 Safari, and then I like to make stuff when logged in, so I don't have to like log in back and forth. I just open the other browser and I get the thing. But occasionally, when there's something like this that I don't trust, you could do an incognito window, which would kind of do the same thing, I guess. But I'll open up the browser that I don't use very often and try to, you know, follow a link to test it out in that to see what it's going to do. So that is another option. Like you can have some, you know, a secondary browser that is not going to be logged into your Google stuff or not going to be logged into the important things. Yeah. And you can you can use that to test some things out. 
or you know, like Jimmy probably has a separate computer. Right. That's, that's, just, <laughs> that's, what, that's how he does it. So, that- I got uh, a couple of days ago. I'm looking again. I got one from Nestle, but it's the emails.cz mm. from Nestle. It's like we're the world's leading food manufacturer. Click here to see what some other creators have done. And of course, I didn't click on any of it. Check it out. You guys might get some free mm. chocolate. Free hacks. Mm-hmm. Free hacks. <laughs> in that class that I took, he mentioned if you are a YouTuber to have a the email that you use to log into your YouTube account, that should be the only thing that you do with that email. And it should not be public anywhere. That yeah, I don't use my Gmail for anything yeah. that anybody knows about. What what email address is that? I, my Gmail, <laughs> um, and he he talks about trying to. Re- no, but nobody knows what it is, you know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know. And he Jimmy talked about trying to remove Gmail dot com. It's not that. And you want to remove that information from the internet as much as possible. And so there's different services. I use a service called Delete Me. They were a sponsor of mine a few months ago, and I still use them. But they they uh, they search the internet and they try to find your information, and then they request to pull pull that stuff down. And so just having so if you know just having that separate email from the business and is one way to protect that. He also says that there are many ways to hack the two-factor authentication and the best way to do it and i don't but i'm looking into it it sounds like a pain in the butt though is to have a physical actual key that you plug into a usb drive i don't know if you guys do that but i'm looking into that that sounds like a pain in the butt though to to log in but that i'm afraid to do anything i'm afraid to lose control of all my accounts because it's like every time you go into twitter twitter like got rid of this two cent authentication now you can either pay for extra security on twitter or it's like you only you know we do, yeah. do you guys remember when they said if you don't do this we're going to just cut off your two factor authentication did that happen to everybody just me i don't know I, I don't on twitter there was like a thing you had to acknowledge <laughs> there was something you had to acknowledge or they reset up two factor authentication on twitter they reset so it up days, and then it was offered to you that you could pay for something extra of course there was of course so there's a new thing kind of around well it's not it's not everywhere yet it's not new but uh, pass keys which are can be physical keys like you're talking about they can be biometric keys for you know fingerprints face ID type things now that's not going to solve the problem like you were talking about if it's if they're stealing a browser token Mm -hmm. that is after that login has happened it's not going to fix that stuff but there are more and more options these days for whatever password manager you use to use your biometric stuff as the key, the physical key. So you don't necessarily have to have a mm-hmm. USB key anymore. Because I bought one of those on the recommendation of Jason Hurst, I think was the person who told me about it, because he had trouble with this a few years ago. I bought one of those keys uh, from Google. They sell a encryption key that you can use and they have a whole way to set that up securely and everything. And I've never actually set it up because it was such a pain. I didn't want to have to deal with having that at the computer. If I, what if I switch computers because I have multiples and all stuff. So now with the pass key stuff that's being integrated into the password manager I use, which is one password and it's in, they're putting it in all of them. Um, now I can be on my computer 
go to log into something and it needs a passkey so I can pull out my phone, use the face ID on my phone, and it will log in on the computer. Mm. And so now my phone is that passkey, which has already, in the last month that I've been using, two months that I've been using, has already made it a lot simpler to get into those things and know that they are, there is no password. It's not like I'm my face is some password or whatever. There's no password in between mm. me and logging into that thing. It's just my face. Mm. Um, what if so you don't There are some shave. interesting ways to, well, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, glasses, masks. There are things that can you know, make that not always work. Mm. But a fingerprint can do the same thing. So if you have a fingerprint sensor on your computer or, you know, what there if you are don't some have other options to secure those things. Do what? Jimmy Sanders is off. Have a fingerprint? Look at my <laughs> oh, yeah. thumbprint. <laughs> well, my thumb looks some, like the heel some, of like, somebody thumb, that's walked around barefoot for a print. week. Or like maybe maybe you can make a special scanner that scans the weird shape of your pinky and that's <laughs> the thing that you use to log in. Yes. <laughs> Don't let me yeah, know your but, sweater with this hand. But it is, you know, it is scary to think about the possibility of your business, no matter what your business is, but I don't, I can't tragic. think of another scenario where this would happen, where your entire business is based on an account that can be hacked or can be stolen or can be given away. I mean, like, mm-hmm. a lot of this is the mistake of the person owning the account is they're actually giving away the information, you know, um, so, I don't know. It is scary, but you just got to be really careful about what you put out where and who you trust with it and everything. Mm. Um, My gr- you, a couple of years something? ago, when Grandpa Petruto was still around, he called me uh, because he thought he almost got tricked into giving money. So, somebody got my information. They knew my name. They knew that I was a relative of of grandpa they called him speaking as me saying hey i have been arrested i need to be bailed out can you wire oh, God, this money that's tragic. yeah and my grandpa believed it and he was on he was getting ready to go to the bank and do this wire transfer wow. and he called me he's like uh, something he's like something in the back of my head said call dave and wow and i was like yeah that w- that wasn't me <clears throat> It's funny. One, uh, I'll tell you two stories about my dad. Um, about 10 years ago, no, this is longer than that. About 15 years ago, I needed to have my actual social security card for something I was applying for. So I had to go to the social security office and get a new social security card. And I was in the social security office and they, I needed my mother's social security and my father's. So I called my mother. I go, Ma, what's your social security number? She rattles it off. I said, thank you. And she didn't even ask why. <laughs> she just said, my mom's just so, my mom's so trusting. And then I called my dad. I said, dad, I need your social security number because I'm applying for a new card. He's like, where are you? I said, I'm at the social security office. He's like, uh, okay, it's uh, XYZ PDQ. And I get off the phone. I said, thank you. I get off the phone. About 10 minutes later, he calls me. He's like, Jimmy, Jimmy. I'm like, what's the matter? He goes, did you just call me and ask me for my social security number? I go, yes, I did. He goes, oh my God. He goes, I got mm. off the phone and then a couple of minutes went by and I thought maybe that was somebody that was imitating your voice. Mm. <laughs> I go, no, he was so panicked. I was like, it was me. Calm down. So that's yeah. one story. That's funny that my dad thought somebody was, but this is way before that was a 
could be, you, people could listen to our voices on our YouTube videos, record them and make them into a yeah. script on chat GPT or whatever. So that's something to be really wary of. But uh, when my sister, who was taking care of my dad's affairs since he's passed, my sister went to the bank, and my dad never had a lot of money. I mean, it was he. It was no. There was never going to be a surprise, right? That he had a million dollars in the bank. We always knew he what he had. And so we go to the credit union. My sister goes to the credit union, and they say, "Oh, your father has a, in this account eight thousand dollars." Like, okay, that's about. Man, that sounds about right. My dad was always kind of living hand to mouth. And then the bank manager pulls my sister aside and says, I want to tell you something. About a year ago, your father came in here trying to withdraw a lot of cash for somebody that needed money. And it was a scam. My dad got wrapped up in a scam. He's you know, in the early 80s. And <clears throat> he didn't know any better. And he was about to take out thousands of dollars to pay somebody that connected to him on the... It, this guy was like saying that he has his computer like locked up and he has to unlock my dad's computer, mm -hmm. but he needs to pay him. And the bank manager said, Joe, let me see everything. And she goes, this is a complete scam, Joe. You know, this is not, this is a scam. And she talked him into realizing it was a scam. And then when he left, she took $90,000 of his money out of the account, put it in a separate account and oh. called my sister and told her that. This only happened a few months before he passed away. So when my sister, she's like, when this happened to your father, we left enough money in him for to pay his mortgage and we took all this out in case he got hacked because he was so gullible at his age. Mm. And so the, this is a small bank. I mean, this isn't the type of thing Chase would do. They wouldn't care. But this is a small credit union where my dad belonged and everybody knows everybody. And I've watched all the tellers grow up from kids and I know everybody. It's the same company I have my mortgage with. So it's a very small town, little place. Mm. But this woman took it upon herself to, to hide $90,000 of my dad's money. So... And wow. uh, yeah, so anyway, he had about a hundred thousand yeah. in the bank, but he the, they only made sure that he didn't blow it all by accident or get scammed because my dad was getting a little bit more and more. In the previous year to his death, he was becoming senile or delusional or what you might say, dementia. He was showing signs of dementia. Mm -hmm. So the bank was trying to protect his assets, which was very nice. Most big no, banks yeah. wouldn't even care, obviously. That's that's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. So and I he guess, never did get know, scammed. I, I know my dad did. My dad did hand out money. He, he's my dad was so cheap. He never was. He would never give anybody anything. But in his in his last year, he's like, oh, I gave these guys money to clean the yard, and they never came back. I go, how much did you give him? I gave him four hundred dollars. I go, who were they? He goes, I don't know. They knocked on my door and said they'll clean the yard. Like that's the type of stuff my dad was doing. But he mm -hmm. didn't. He didn't get scammed tremendously. But. Go ahead, Bob. You know, with like calls, <clears throat> like your grandfather getting that call from you and stuff, and even your dad getting the call from you about the Social Security, I guess anytime you get a call like that, you should always ask for some, you know, like tell me something that only you and I would know or something to verify. Because yeah. you're right, Jimmy. These days, you know, anybody that wanted to use the three of us, They've got almost 500 episodes of audio that they can yeah. go through and train something to make a robot sound like any of us. And it's not just us. It's like there's, it's easier you're, you're reminding to do that me, now. You're reminding me of another story. So Derek was having a conversation with his brother, and he's going back and forth on Facebook. And he said, he goes, he goes hey, I need, I need, can you spot me at $500? And Derek 
doesn't have a great relationship with this particular brother. They, they fight a bit. And he's like, why do you need money for me? He's like, oh, I just I need money for this such and such. He goes, how do I know it's you? He immediately didn't think it was him. And he sent whoever the scammer was, sent a clip of Derek's brother saying, it's me, it's me, it's me, on video. And Derek asked his other brother, he goes, he goes, call him and ask him. And he called him and said it wasn't him. But the, the hackers had a clip of Derek's brother. They went through all of his videos on his, wow. his Facebook and found the clip of him saying, it's me, it's me. Who do you think it is? Looking at the phone that was like part of a bigger video. And they used that. It was only like five seconds long as the clip. But Derek didn't understand the context of it. He assumed it was made on AI. But even though the scammer was trying, it happened to be a real clip that was taken from out of context. Another, I had one too with a, goal, a guy who was my neighbor growing up, Tommy. He sent me a message like, hey, what's going on? I go, good, how's the family? And we're writing back and forth. And then he's like, hey, what do you think about this? And he started getting me into a conversation about some kind of insurance thing or something. And I just said, I go, how's your dad doing? And he, he ignored the question. I said, no, tell me, tell mm-hmm. me, I, I know your dad, was, his dad is dead for 30 years. I said, I heard your dad's, you know, not doing well. Is he okay? And the conversation went off the rails. The yeah. person knew I was, be- he knew he couldn't answer the question right. So he was trying to avoid answering the question. Yeah. So I told you all uh, about the, the trying to buy Land Cruiser parts through Facebook, through the group. I told you about that scam before mm. where they sent me a check and, and everything. Um, yeah. That's another thing that can, that I've now just kind of sworn off. Like I'm just not going to buy stuff from any of those groups because it's a, real problem but in those groups there's constantly people who are hacking other people's accounts and then taking stealing car part pictures from somewhere on the internet and then they put them there as a post like hey i've got these parts for sale dm me for prices and then they start that whole conversation it's somebody you don't know so you don't have that personal history of like you know tell me something from when we were kids or whatever but it's it's just rampant. It's terrible. You can't you can't trust anybody in those groups unless they have a whole bunch of other people stand up for them in the comments and be like, "Yes, I've bought this from this person, this from this person." And even that could be faked, you know. Well, what's happening now too? Another buyer beware. Blacksmith Tools, Andrew Alexander, Chris Cash, Mount Phillips Metalworks, and I saw I even saw uh, um, Paul Cox, the motorcycle builder. These guys have all posted that people are taking their images and putting mm-hmm. their images up for sale. Yep. So on these distant Facebook groups, their th- objects are for sale. And the things so, that they're selling, they're just, and so like the, the verbiage underneath is like, it's a such and such, such and such engine, it's this much, and I want that much money. And they customize the, the tag, and then people are trying to buy these things from strangers. They don't know who they are, and they don't exist. So the where I was headed with that was what I started doing when I would look at these groups is... You have an image that's on there. This is the part that you want to buy or whatever. You can do what's called a reverse Google image search. Mm. And instead of typing in hot rod and then you get a picture of a hot rod, you can upload an image. Google will use that image as the search criteria and look for that image on the Internet. So I found some Land Cruiser parts one time, and I took those images off of Facebook. I put them into Google (laughs) reverse image search. 
and found the original posting of whoever posted those images wow, in like 1996 smart. or something. Mm-hmm. And it's the same images, and they just found them on the internet and copied them. So you can verify... It's well, for know, a couple weeks. Where they can, now it, with it, it, well, yeah, yeah with AI, true. you can just come up with new images. Yeah, that's true. But I, you know, I was surprised that it was easy to find the exact same image yeah. you know, that somebody was trying to sell me. That that class that I I took basically, he he was saying like, you want to make things as hard as possible because ha- these hackers they're lazy. They're they're going after a thousand people at a time. Nine hundred ninety-eight of those people are going to know better, and so they're just looking for the easiest path. So try to make it as hard as possible for them, and just they're they're smart, but they're also lazy. Just try to keep that lazy. In mind. Yeah. yeah, interesting. And yeah, they're tricky. Like crazy. these, like. If, if you took a poll in our community uh, of like who is who's one of the smartest people in our community, I think Matthias is going to come right up to the top there. Like, right, you know, and, and John Highs and 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 Linus Tech Tips. These these are smart people. Anybody can be tricked. The rest of us are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just have a blanket policy: don't click on any links ever for anybody, even if it's from a friend. Yeah. Just say, you know, text it to me. If you know my number, text it to me. Hmm. Well, um, you guys, any other tips or tricks on, on this stuff before we wrap it up? Protect your neck. Trust no man. <laughs> Trust no man. That's not good. Be choosy. Be choosy <laughs> Trust some men. Choosy moms some choose Jeff. <laughs> Gif. Anyway, so, uh, just kidding. <laughs> Big thanks to Patreon supporters uh, who make it possible for us to talk about stuff like this. Very grateful for everybody over at Patreon. Um, you know, the show really does happen. Like, we continue to do this because of the Patreon support. And so it really does mean a lot. Um, we have, over the years, avoided, even recently, avoided sponsorship opportunities because we don't need to. You guys support us enough that we can do this and enjoy it and enjoy the time, and we don't have to go looking for sponsors. So thank you to everybody over there, uh, especially the top supporters. They go above and beyond every week, and it's awesome. Big thanks to Crabtree Creative, who I need to talk to about a car wrap, actually. Mm. Michael Manejan, Warren Works, The New Janky Workshop, Scott at Dad It Yourself DIY, Sean Beckner, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low End Design, mm-hmm. Chad's Custom Creations, mm-hmm. Chad from Man Crafting, Works mm-hmm. by Solo, mm-hmm. Albers Woodworks, mm-hmm. Corey Ward, mm-hmm. and Nick Ryan. Mm-hmm. But also, mm-hmm. people like let me find somebody who's Dave Darty joined Dave. As one of our new Dave's members. Dave's my bro. Dave's my oh, bro. Yeah? I know cool. Dave. Yeah, he's a good guy. Well, I just hopped on Patreon. So we love Dave. That, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Um, Everybody gets the after show. Everybody at every level over there. So if you would like to hear us talk more about slightly different things, sometimes secret things, after this show, you get the after show through Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash making it and sign up. And on the after show, we use AI to remove all of Jimmy's sound effects. 
<laughs> it's amazing. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> we can also have Brandon just mute his channel. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't have to use AI. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy, you get to go first. Do you have anything to recommend? Yeah, you're going to laugh at me because if you guys have been following Whistling Diesel, oh yeah, he bought the Komatsu, he bought the Komatsu bulldozer to replicate. Probably he's going to do the same thing. I can only imagine he's doing exactly the same thing that uh, Marvin Hemeyer did when he drove through the Colorado town that that wronged him. And he does. He, so far, he's got two videos up where he recovers the piece of equipment that he buys it from a guy in Montana, and they have to start it, and it's. And then he goes to the town of Brainby or Granby, Granby, Colorado, and walks around and talks to people about it. And the people are more chatty than you would assume. Everybody's like, obviously, a tourist attraction now because of it, even though it was a tragic event. Uh, and it's just interesting to get this giant piece of equipment started. And you know what's funny? This is funny. So last night, because of that, Marvin Hemeyer did hours of tapes where he's talking into the tape recorder before he did his thing. So my recommendation is Whistling Diesel, but also these tapes. So Hemeyer talked on a cassette tape for hours. It's the, the clip I clicked on last night to get on the Peloton. I'm like, let me find something interesting. So I clicked on that. It's three hours long. I listened to it till I went to sleep. Oh, wow. It's him talking into the tape recorder, telling first-hand account of everything that went wrong. Somebody edited it so it sounds a little better and got rid of all the, the, the empty spaces. This is apparently a lot of him times thinking between talking. The interesting thing is that uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but it's really interesting to hear a firsthand account of why he did what he did. And he just he just kept saying, uh, if my piece of equipment lasts, he kept saying, this was interesting, he kept saying, God chose him to do this. He said, the piece of equipment he bought at auction just happened to fit into his building by one inch on both sides, two inches on the top. He said he could have bought a different machine at that auction. He wouldn't have been able to get his machine inside. He kept saying, all these opportunities for me to get caught, it took him months, maybe a year, to prepare to do this. He drove over a town with his bulldozer, but he armored the bulldozer. So he kept saying, a building inspector came in, and he, in a minute, he had to cover up all the metal and make up a story about what he was doing. And every, he goes, and it didn't get caught. He kept talking about all these moments where he should have gotten caught. And one thing he kept talking about was, if the piece of equipment doesn't fail, if I'm able to drive through and it doesn't fail, if I'm able to go down Main Street and it doesn't fail, if it doesn't get stuck, if it doesn't. And what's funny is that I'm not, I'm no Marvin Hemeyer, but every time I go to use my backhoe, I'm like, I want to do this, but if it fails, I keep worrying about it failing. And he kept saying that too. So when I go to use these big pieces of equipment, my backhoe, I have a case diesel backhoe. You go to use it and you're like, all right, if I get it to the middle of the yard to pull that tree stump and then it fails, what is my plan to get it out of the backyard and back to its parking spot? So it's always in the back of my mind. And he said the entire time, he's like, well, my plan will do this if it doesn't fail, if it doesn't fail. There's a lot of interesting points, but that was one that I could identify with having a big piece of equipment that you want to take it on a ride. And what if it gets stuck? What if it doesn't start again? But so I don't know. That's a long story. I'm sorry I rambled about that. <laughs> the, uh, the last two whistling diesel videos are very different from his from cody's normal videos. very and so if you're not familiar with the channel he's very he's he uh 
uh, trying to say he he tries to push people test equipment he he, he, um he likes to aggravate people it's very over the top and but in these last two videos when he's put in public surprisingly he's extremely polite and respectful and i didn't expect that based on his previous videos just because you know he he does an in-depth vlog with one of like the popular vloggers. I can't remember who, like H and H, and one of those guys that have been around YouTube since it started. But he does a he does an interview with him, and he grew up. I forget, like the Church of Latter Day Saints or something. He grew up in a church, and so he grew up around like some Christian church, and it was his whole life, and he got out of the church. So you know, he probably has a pretty decent foundation, being brought mm-hmm. up with uh, you know decent people. And he just turned down to to be a, a a rebel in his own right. Well, David, what do you have to recommend? Mine is this has quickly become one of my favorite new channels. It's not it's a not a new channel, but it's new to me. Is Justin Hawkins rides again? Justin Hawkins, he is the singer of the band The Darkness, and I am not a fan of The Darkness. And since I've been watching his YouTube channel. I've tried to listen to the darkness and I still don't like it. So, um, but it's kind of like a, a metally somewhat glammy, um, honoring the eighties type band, but on his personal channel, it's just him and a microphone talking sort of podcast style, but it's very conversational. And he is, uh, talks about, new music so new music comes on and then he kind of analyzes it like any musician would and he breaks it down on why he likes certain things and he also talks a lot about the behind the scenes stuff the corporate part of being a rock star and he's so authentic and it's just so it's it's soothing it's calming it's like it's almost like if frank Howard had a had a podcast. It would be like the, it would be just be so enjoyable to listen to hmm. because it's just, yeah. um, I don't. Know, it's just I don't know how to describe it, but it's just he's so good at talking to the microphone and has great insight on all music. Uh, I mean, I mean, he'll he'll um, what's the Radiohead side band. What's the smile? Is that what they're called? The um, he yeah. goes over one of their new songs and kind of breaks it down. And he he also tries to learn how to play it while he's breaking it down. Um, and then he'll he'll do. He just had an interview with with uh, Rick Ashley. So it's like he's all over the place, and it's just it's just a fantastic channel. It's one of my favorites. Interesting. Um. Well, mine is the artist that I was talking about before. I just linked to his Instagram account. His name's Otto Baum, O-T-T-O-B-A-U-M. He's from Berlin, I think. And I've been following him for a couple of years. He just does these big mural scale paintings that are very geometric. And I just really like the way that he goes about making the paintings more than the paintings themselves. They look cool, but I, I like Ooh. the way that he does it. Anyway, <laughs> go check nice. it out. Some yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Um, and he, he, a lot of times will do posts about how he makes these tools to be able to paint these things. Oh, I love and it. And he has, 
he has these multiple brushes on these sticks, but they can sometimes scale out and they can evenly, you know, expand to separate the space in between the brushes and lots of cool stuff. So go check that out. You guys got anything else for this week? Uh, you know what? You just reminded me, and I just found him. He's on TikTok. His name is Patrick Hicks. You guys follow him? He looks like, the reason I like him and I started following him, this is crazy, because he looks like Aaron. And, of course, I always miss Aaron. But he tells music stories, and all of his stories begin really vague. You don't know who he's talking about. And you hear, like, this whole eclectic, eccentric up build up to who they became. Patrick Hicks music stories. He might look familiar to you guys. This guy, oh, he's on TikTok. Yeah. He tells, oh, okay, yeah, he. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I happen to find him on TikTok. I wouldn't have known his name unless I just happen to see his face. But I follow him and I, I watch all of his stories all the time. He's great, Patrick Hicks, music stories. Look cool. Up. He tells great stories. He's on TikTok more than YouTube, but I just happen to find him on YouTube. He's on Instagram too. I just search for him. He's on yeah. same account on both. I think. But. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank, thank Love you. you. No, no, don't go.